super fans, we are once again crawling out of our holes to talk about all the good, the bad, and the ugly of Austin's premier indie wrestling company, Inspire Pro, now minted Inspire AD. My name is Max Meehan, one the half of the ownership of Inspire AD, and I am seated across the way from none other than Justin Bissonette, the other owner. How you doing, Biss? I am here. <laughs> That's about it. No. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way, Waffles. Yeah. My dog is <laughs> yawning into my right next to me. It's it's a sad show. Just yeah. this is a this is a sad one. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Today we're going to be profiling Battle Wars 1999, a baffling title <laughs> according to many people. Um, but that's kind of like what the I point. Like yeah, yeah, I, I like doing things that make people go, "What the." What are you thinking? Yeah, so um, I, I really, I kind of wonder how many people just listening realize like how sad this show was for us. You know, I think the people like, that were there really enjoyed it. Yeah, but there weren't a lot of people there. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, this is uh, this is known as the show that almost broke us. <laughs> yeah, in fact, quite, quite literally, like this was almost the end of the company. Yeah, this was this was rough. This this is also this show is also uh, one of those examples of why we don't run Saturday shows. A lot of people have asked us over time, hey, why don't you run on other days? And it's because, well, Austin, in terms of sheer entertainment, not wrestling specifically, but um, entertainment-wise, you have a ton of options in Austin, okay? There's always some fucking hot sauce contest or... Uh, something ridiculous. People are flying kites all over the place and shit like that. Stuff's blowing up. Cars are flipping off bridges. People are just standing around with their puzz in their hands. They can go anywhere they want and see anything. You yeah. know? Um, none of that made sense, did it? I mean, if you live here, it did. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Austin just has a lot of very spoiled people who can yeah. go do whatever they want within stone's throw. It's a very centralized town. There's a lot of well before the pandemic. There was a lot of live music. There's a lot of uh, there, there are a lot of film going options. You have interactive screenings. You have uh, you have Town Lake. You have you have a lot of really great natural spots that you can enjoy. But there's just a lot going on, and so Saturday you're going to go up against pretty much a million events yeah. outside of you know wrestling that people are, people are going to pick and choose. You know, I I remember we were up against a concert, and I can't remember what band it was. It was ACL. ACL weekend we went up against. Yep. And in addition to that, we were also up against a uh, UT football game in town, um, which uh, for our crowd, you may not think that that would affect us. But, I mean, this uh, this show, that building for us was empty. Like, th- I mean, we have to kind of take solace in the fact that for that to be like one of our down shows, it was still a pretty good draw for you know your well, average it was a indie great show and it, it was a great show though problematic in terms of its construction yeah uh and it, i i believe what occurred was we had an option on a sunday and they pulled it out from under us yeah the last minute and yeah so we there was to, a wedding or something that took our spot yeah so we had to uh we had to Take the Saturday. I remember this actually also being a massive pain in the ass because I remember showing up and there was a dance floor still yes. in the venue. Yeah, they hadn't cleaned. Yeah. Well, it was like, uh, this doesn't, you don't know this because you weren't there for it, but like 
there was a the way that the dance floor worked is it's it's like a platform that yeah. popped and locked together and there was just this 80 year old man trying to pop it out and put it away so i had to help him but it was not yeah. a merciful situation so, so i mean let's break down this is a good time to break down logistics of show day right so this was a a battle wars so we had all the chikara guys in and when we would run these on a sunday they would come in a day early well now they're all coming in day of basically mm-hmm. um i think like two guys i think the dasher and kingston came in like a day early um and so I'm basically car being a taxi driver, me and TJ, to get these guys here, which leaves basically Max and whatever young guys show up to help set up, to set up, which, um, I mean, let's talk about the, the third fucking elephant in the room, right? This is also the first show um, after wrestle circus was a thing so yeah as far as you know young up-and-coming guys sitting around in the corner looking to get on they weren't at our show at this point like everyone had had jumped over there for attention at the, this point the writing wasn't quite on the wall with respect to what wrestle circus was mm-hmm. trying to accomplish which was not what we were trying to accomplish yeah. our goal was really to help cultivate talent we weren't trying to put on these spot cards so we were, if you were looking for an opportunity to actually impress people and, and climb, you were most likely going to uh, find that at one of our shows. But people, people, you know, people, even workers, they just, they just yeah. kind of gravitate toward where the action is. Well, it, it was the, the bright, shiny thing, right? And I think that was one of my biggest issues. And sorry, I'm just going to jump in on this here because this is the time. Right. One of the biggest issues we had with with Wrestle Circus was that it was not a show that showcased the Texas wrestling scene. It just wasn't. No, if anybody from the Texas scene was used, it was typically in an enhancement capacity. And in fact, I think some of the initial issues that we had had with it uh, were that they were using our guys who were in prominent positions holding titles. They were just kind of getting jobbed out at the shows. They were the, being used in a pretty goofy capacity. Yeah, the fir- the first show, uh, Sammy Guevara took a pin, who was who we were building up as a challenger. Keith Lee took the pin to um, Donovan Dijak or whatever the hell his name is. Um, in Texas, like in Austin, yeah. you know, laid down for the. And then there was a three way women's match. And Jessica James, like who easily could have not taken the pin, took the pin all in a row, like boom, boom, boom. And And then eventually, I'm I'm not going to name him because it's a spoiler at this point, but the Inspire Pro champion at some point gets gets laid out and pinned at the start of one of their shows. It might have even been what they called a dark match. Yeah. But it it's like, you know, we're both in the same town and that's what you're doing with our guys. Hell. Well, even if they weren't our guys. That's what the the guys that are part of this scene are, are presented as. I'm still going to say that our our champion yeah. at that point was our guy. Oh yeah. no 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 yeah. no no he's yeah definitely. But I mean, if we didn't even exist, that's still not not the way to fucking build no. up Texas. Yeah, I mean the guy the guy in question who was the champion who they basically jobbed out at that point is a fucking goof. You know, we had him competing in these very grueling, lengthy matches where he was, you know, oftentimes 
match of the night on our cards. Yeah. And then to have him go somewhere else, uh, not necessarily with our belt, but go somewhere else in front of that same audience and simply be pinned in a matter of minutes, it yeah. it, it made our it made our our stock kind of look uh, soft. Yeah, and what I what I kind of always took umbrage with, you know, at the time we tried to help out as best we could, you know, we were fairly supportive, but you know, when we, you know, sometimes when we would offer help, it was kind of like, it, it was not, that wasn't what they were looking for. Right. No. So the, the, but the budget that they were spending on these guys, you know, they were tossing, tossing money around and Hey, good on the guys. But like, it sets, for, it sets a false premium too for us. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, so now also the, you know, they had like what? 18 fly-ins the first show or something mm-hmm. like that. Something crazy. You know, this is our big show and we're, you know, for us, these six or seven fly-ins we have is a huge deal and we're not moving. Number one, it's on Saturday, but then it, we're not moving the needle at all with with what used to be like one of our biggest shows of the year. Um, you were, I remember you being really, you were in your like Jim Morrison about to die yeah. bathtub phase. Yeah. Like you were, you were, you were pretty dark, dude. Yeah. I was, spot. I mean, never mind the fact that this year was not, not my best fucking year ever. Um, yeah. Th- and yeah. this was like, well, fuck now, you know, it, all the work that we did doesn't matter. Cause here comes these people with some deep pockets, right? Nice enough people with deep pockets, but you know, they're going to fucking just edge us. It felt like we're going to fucking not be able to draw anymore. They're going to edge us out. And that it's that I think overnight, I think weirdly enough too, though, while you were, you were off moping around and lurking in the shadows and being overtly negative at times. I was probably the guy who was cheerleading. one. Yeah. I I think I was kind of going, no, let's wait and see. Let's watch this. Because I remember when we, when we first started this, the thing that I heard most was if you get through the first year, you can get through anything. And I had a feeling that this would become more difficult for them because you see what they're doing. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're going to have to continually maintain that caliber of card to keep your audiences coming in. But also, you're going to burn out your crowd too because at some point, they've seen it all, right? I mean, the thing is about the super card to me that doesn't work is that you're going to spend a lot of money to attract pretty much the same amount of fans that you would if you flew in two or three of them, right? I mean, that was, I mean, that big bump was great. For a debut, that's great. But you don't do that every single fucking month because it also limits your options. You can't necessarily, there are no more surprises. Yeah. There are no more that you, eventually everybody's been seen. You can't, you can't, you know, you, you can do a premier match or a marquee match, but not every match needs to be that because you're not, it's not like they were hitting 2,000 people. Yeah. You know? No. I was in those buildings. Yeah. I don't know what they were claiming, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think they did the promoter math, but, um, well, and then we had fucking. Alan and Lexi were good people. Yeah. Along. I but, do need to stress that. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think our relationship with them was really great too because it really showed that we we did get along yeah and they were at our shows i didn't really get to make their shows because i was dealing with fatherhood stuff so i was not I you was not, slacker not yeah. bringing babies to fucking 12 hour shows yeah sorry. um but there was kevin though 
uh, Kevin was a pain in the ass. Kevin, oh, is that that? Kevin, I I don't remember his last name. The guy that ran the Reddit wrestling board. Yeah, yeah all that, that stuff. That guy's attitude sucked. So that's that's a guy that thinks that he knows better than everybody else. That that was kind of sad to have this guy from outside of Texas come in and you know say things that were kind of you know negative to the scene. We're here to put Texas on the map, yeah. brother. And that was the frustrating <laughs> part, right? Because if you, I mean, I I don't want to just pile on them, but like looking back, who did they elevate? They elevated Scorpio Sky, who was from California. And you could maybe, maybe say that they elevated Sammy, but my argument is Sammy was already there. You just, yeah. you just showcased him. Sammy was kicking ass in Mexico. <laughs> he was doing stuff in our company that was getting, you know, getting him seen by larger companies already. Yeah. Um, I also think that the the difference between a Wrestle Circus Sammy match and a and a Inspire Sammy match, I feel like we gave Sammy storylines. Like there was history, there was gravity. You watch the matches that we did with him, and you look at, for example, look at the match that he had with ACH. It wasn't just a bunch of guys going out there and doing spot, 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 spot. It was this match where there's a psychology to it. Went on 45 minutes, sure, but it's these guys who basically build to the big spots, who have more time. It's not like a fucking five hour card where there are like 80 matches and every one of them is just like. Yeah. A million miles an hour, you know, and um, and no shit list. So the the same spots are like every. Yeah, it's gonna feel like we're we're piling on, but we're not. Piling it's, up. I we're think being it's. Honest I think it's. A, we're not. We're not insulting anybody. We're just saying yeah. like if we we obviously do a different style of card. It's not just because we're broke. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I don't think even if we had it's that a factor. Yeah, it's not really a factor. Yeah. It's just in my opinion, this. Yeah. Um, I think even if we we had the money, I think we still would have kept things at the level that we did because like like I said you can spin like an idiot not saying that they're idiots or you can just kind of like give people breadcrumbs because like I said once the audience has seen it all they've seen it all yeah. you know well and and um the point there more than anything is I'm sure people that saw that happen live were kind of wondering what our actual thoughts were so I mean that was sort of the behind the scenes us going what the fuck yeah you know? I think I think me personally, I slipped into this whole mentality where I was like, well, they're going to do what they're going to do. And I was like rubbing my hands together yeah. going, okay, story based yeah. stuff, stuff that's going to lure and, people in. And I was, I was going, holy shit, are we going to be able to survive this? Yeah. You know? And so. I was pretty confident because I felt like context makes wrestling great. Well, it didn't help. And we'll get into this next, next show more, but it didn't help the relationship we had with the building that just seemed like we couldn't win. Yeah. You know? adding on to it when did that guy leave when did the manager that we we made the deal with leave uh, the show the show before this one okay yeah so this is our first show without him okay so yeah um yeah the people <laughs> that took over for the guy who brokered the deal initially they they basically changed changed everything they changed the rules they uh i think they they tried to up the rent on us um, they 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 did a bunch of shady yeah. shit. Possibly the most disturbing and uh, carny thing that they did was that they tried to charge us for the nacho bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but gone was the nacho bar and yeah. the romance was over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and also the the amount of money we had to make the bar, I think, went up, and they tried to charge us an, a, a ridiculous amount of money if we didn't hit a number. But, you know, it's kind of like when someone says, oh, you have to hit this number, but we're going to gravely <laughs> discount your... Uh, and, and understaffed this, you know, yeah. situation. Like, it, it's like I said, it was like... A, it's like Waldorf and Astoria from the fucking Muppets yeah. were, like, behind the bar... Like you know, on heroin, barely able, <laughs> barely able to open beer cans, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to make X Y Z if you don't want to pay us like two more grand or some well, shit like that." It was ridiculous. Yeah, and I I mean I wondered too. Like this was people had given us two tries at this venue. I'm wondering how much the bar was just like people were like I'm I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah, so the speed was a problem, but also they were selling out of stuff. So that's another thing, right? You have to make a certain amount of money at the bar, yeah. but they would. <laughs> really really under order and yeah. there wasn't enough food so they'd sell out of food they'd sell out of beer and but then we still have, <laughs> have to make a certain amount of money at the bar but it, it, i remember like going there and saying how the f-? i remember like the lady was there and i said how the fuck and i think i said fuck i said how the f-? i said i said look lady i'm a bar manager how the fuck are we supposed to hit a number if you guys don't order don't the correct the amount of product beer. yeah you don't it's have like, the fucking numbers yeah it's like yeah it's like basically like hey man you got to drive from Arizona to Kentucky. Here's a thimble of gas. Yeah. Good luck. That's Make it happen. What, yeah, that's what they fucking did. Yeah. Fuck them. You're wondering why I'm shooting heroin in the fucking bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Morrison over here. All right. So, um, anyway, there were a lot of changes to this card, too, as I seem to recall. Yeah. You want to talk about those? I mean, the biggest one is Keith Lee got pulled for Ring of Honor. You yes. Know? Um, and that was our main event. The main event was Keith and Tempo taking on the the ants. Yeah. So then, in support of that, we would have had Stevo versus Ophidian. Yeah. <clears throat> so now we have Stevo and Ophidian tagging up to take on the ants. Um, I remember everybody kind of being like, uh, "Just oh, what are we doing here? What are we doing here?" You know, and I'm just like, "No, let's do this shit." And everybody, I remember he being really stressed about this and me just saying, why don't we just do this? Yeah. Um, I think also uh, Ophidian was very difficult to nail down. I yeah. Think, like it was kind of like a, is he going to shit or get off the pot, you know, kind of scenario leading it's, into this? So little to us, we did not realize, like he still thought that Stroud was part of the company at this point. Yeah. And he hated Stroud. Like there was some weird shit that he pulled, that Stroud had pulled unbeknownst to us with um yeah it, it was with ophidian's wife who was a gear maker like stroud had gotten gear made for a female wrestler and was a huge pain in the ass about it because he was trying to like make the gear a surprise but here's the thing with wrestling gear like you need to know measurements like yeah. you can't just make it off of fucking you know like you're you know you're fucking a mile away and you're using your fingers or some shit and you know like that's not gonna work right and like if you're a gear maker you don't want to make something and then it look like shit right so he was a huge pain in the ass about that um ophidian like yeah apparently quite a few of those guys up in philadelphia were not a huge fan of stroud just because yeah they had a better radar than us i guess um, or they had more personal experiences. Yeah. Like, uh, to me, the, the, the fucked up thing about Stroud while he was with us was there were all these stories and all 
the wrestlers had their little coffee clatch and they'd sit around and swap their their gossip. Meanwhile, I'm over here like setting up chairs. No one's fucking telling me a goddamn thing, so I don't know, you know. And it, it, a lot of it only came out until uh, came out later when people. I think it was just because my of my newness. Still, even at that point, a lot of people. Uh, maybe people thought I was tight with him. Maybe. maybe yeah, you never know. You no, know, I just don't know. But yeah, anyway. Um, the the second um change was that um. So wait, I got to correct one thing. Okay. So, I'm to the best of my recollection, I think the sexy match that I had in my head for this was initially supposed to be Tim Storm and Davey Vega uh, against the Colony as the main event. Because it would have been our tag belts on the line, it was a main event, controversy were, yeah. were fairly over. And uh, then something happened where uh, Tim Storm was pulled from the card... Uh, Due to the N- N- uh, NWA, <laughs> our, our good buddies, the NWA. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we uh, obviously we've gone into the fact that we didn't get along with the NWA folk at that point. Though our relationship with Tim, who is a stellar, sterling human being, uh, it, outside of our relationship with Tim, it was just not good. Um, and so they 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 seem to kind of almost delight in, it, from this point on, kind of yanking Tim back from us. They'd give us the okay, and then they go. Oh nope, and then yeah. come off. So I think initially what we were angling for was uh, controversy versus the colony, and then Tim got yanked, and then we decided that we kind of put the kibosh on the St. Louis carload, which was supposed to con- consist of Vega and uh, squad. And the squad yeah. didn't didn't quite work out like we wanted to do it, and then it was supposed to be Keith Lee and Tempo, and then Keith Lee got pulled. Due to Ring of Honor, uh, and uh, who, who he left shortly after the show, <laughs> like, just, like man, Jesus, yeah, fuck me, <laughs> yeah, it was just a mess. Um, but still, like, I'm the kind of guy I, I I would hope that Bis will give Satan over here his due. I tend to roll with the punches, and I really I really kind of love calling the audibles as we have minted them. Um, but yeah, there were quite a few uh, quite a few changes to the card overall. But anyway, let's uh, let's dive into the card, um, and we start with kind of a surprise yeah. surprise thing. At this point, there was a young up and comer by the name of uh, I guess I'm gonna pull the hood off. Oh, um, are you gonna unmask him? Should I? Yeah. Okay. So we had a young up and comer by the name of. Cody Lane, who uh, who was training at AAPW at the time, really impressive guy athletically, uh, was working really, really hard, had been showing up for a, a good time before uh, before this, this card to help just set up chairs. He was, he was just a pleasant dude to be around, yeah. too, man. Just a, just, a, just a great guy to be around. And um, he had asked to, to do something on, on the card. Uh, he just said, I would really love to do something. And I had this idea where I kind of wanted to bring back the Great Depression. But I wanted to bring him back in a, in a mold that was very different. I wanted to bring him back managed by Greg Simons, whom we had established had uh, suffered from a career-ending injury. We still wanted Greg around. We still found the, uh, the namaste as I want to be new age character to be quite amusing. Um, the crowd loved Greg. We loved Greg backstage. 
Greg is just one of those guys who's popular amongst almost every wrestler that I know. Yeah, we're just a positive influence. No one has anything bad to say about Greg. And in this business, that's fucking rare. Because <laughs> everybody hates everybody. Everybody hates each other in this yeah. business. But anyway. And themselves, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that's true as well. That's why, they, that's, why they, <laughs> that's why they do what they do. They're punishing themselves. Um, anyway, so I had this idea where we would bring Great Depression back uh, with Greg Simons as this self-help motivational guru. But Depression would have lost an, a, a considerable amount of weight. And uh, so, you know, Greg, Greg is getting him on the right and healthy path. <laughs> And uh, it was Cody Lane under that hood. Uh, and I will say that, that Cody really sold the hell out of this. He did a great job. Um, and it paved the way for us to do more with him. But we brought uh, Depression out uh, with Greg uh, for this first match. And uh, he went up against Cherry Ramones. And in his debut, uh, Cody did a lot of crazy shit under that hood. That, you know, <laughs> uh, and this got a pop. Yeah. Uh, I remember like... Last time we brought depression back, Albert said some dumb shit like, it only took you seven years, finally <laughs> you got people popping for depression. Bullshit. People were popping for depression from day one. Yeah. If you look at those old uh, old, old cards and you just go through it, any time that depression shows up, people fucking are excited. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, this will back this. I'm uh, sure. Albert can be dumb from time to time. I love him like family, but he can be dumb. Like, the if he you look at our... Or, that's yeah. it. That's, he just hates me. He hates well, any idea I had. He, I, whatever. He likes fucking needling it, whoever he can. Yeah. Well, the depression was over, and yeah. I remember when depression came out at the beginning of this card, people were excited. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. People the were very the the early years, like depression was a huge part of what we were doing and a big part of what got people's attention to uh, focus on us. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, you know, depression shows up and Cherry's been on this massive tear yeah. and this is his, uh, this is his, his speed bump along yeah. the way. And this is supposed to build to some other stuff, uh, that we had in mind down the road, which just never came to be, but this is a great match. And, um, yeah, I think a little bit of interference from Greg, right, is the the yeah, finish. Basically, because Greg, Greg, you know, Greg is kind of crediting Cherry with the end of his career, so this is a very much a revenge story yeah. as well. Um, and that this is um, this is also a good chance to get depression on a show that we're hoping Chikara fans are watching, right? Absolutely, that was really the idea: is to put a little bit of our own color on the table. Up next. Yeah, up next is uh, the staple of Battle Wars. Yeah, our hospital, man. I love this thing. It's a little thin in the host department, though. Yeah. We had we, a lot more people we wanted to put in this. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. I, I think we may have talked about bumping Tim down, but there was, you know, there. I forget who the other people we, we had in mind for this, but yeah, we ended up losing some hostess, man. Yeah. So, but we came down with Lance Hoyt and... Uh, Tarsus. Yeah. Um, Tarsus had uh, familiar to Chikara fans. A lot yeah. of people didn't know though that he was actually living here. Yeah, he was living in Austin. So when any of the Chikara guys would come, he'd come hang out at the, at the show. So we finally we finally talked him into to doing a couple of dates. And I think that was really a, kind of a seesaw type deal where he was wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do it. Yeah. I think this was another thing that we were really sweating because he kept saying, yeah. oh, maybe, oh, yeah, no, maybe not. You know, yeah. we kept kind of going back and forth on this one. But eventually he said, yes, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it being Saturday made it more of a, 
a chance that he could actually do it, right? Yeah, but also Lance, uh, I think working with Lance. Yeah, I'm sure. Good. I'm sure that was a good little carrot too, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this is just two big guys beating the shit out of each other. Great match. This is a really fun match. And he really hold he holds his own, you know. So, um, he he's in there with Lance Archer, fucking New Japan tag team champion, fucking Lance Archer, Killer Elite Squad, and yeah. You know, if you look at these guys, it's not like oh, Lance is fucking carrying this guy. Like, no, he held his own. No, this is a good. This this was a this was the kind of match that you like, yeah. and it was a good quality match. Yeah. Uh, but I also think this is the part of the card where I was sitting there going, "Oh shit," because like nobody, <laughs> nobody's really there. Yeah, and th- that's. Isn't it also raining? I mean, it might as well have been. No, no, it was uh, raining in my mind. That's for sure. In my heart. Yeah, yeah. No. No. I'm pretty sure it was also raining. Like it was. Fuck like, me. It was almost just like God put his thumb in our eyes. It was like nope. It was just like no. Fuck you guys. Slow down. Yeah. Just kept throwing shit at us. Wrestle Circus. Saturday date. Bad weather. Just everything sucked about it. I think the Longhorns lost that day too. Yeah. Even worse. That's what people were cutting their wrists. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Great. So anyway. So up next, and you know. For for me, this was sort of going to possibly be just a, a one-off here, but um, it came off really well. Was Jessica James and Ivory Robin, who ended up being a big part of our show going forward. Yeah. I mean, I, the initial idea was we needed a challenger that was local, and we were kind of taking a chance, and she really kind of endeared herself to the, to the team, and... Uh, really kind of stuck here. She was always very conscientious of how she was coming across. She asked lots of questions. She wanted notes. She wanted feedback. That's not something you get a lot. Yeah. Of. A lot of people, once they're doing what they're doing, they only listen to a select group of folks, if at all. And uh, she was very concerned with what we thought. And I thought that was that was great, man. Yeah. It was it kind of kind of shows like she's doing the booking thing now for Mission Pro. Like, yeah, that's that's good. That's the type of minds that we need. I really enjoyed. Trying it I out. really enjoyed working with her. Uh, people have asked me in the past what what really happened there, yeah. and the truth is there wasn't really anything negative. It, she actually uh, moved to Florida, and it just became one of those situations where. I think at the time we were flying Palmer in from Florida yeah. as well. It just so, it became very difficult for us financially to yeah. Well, then you know that that will actually she fl- she would take care of her own flight, but she would need to be able to set it up on dates where she could get like three shows in a row to oh, make yeah, it worth her while. So hard. just it just became as more people dropped out, it just became harder and harder. Yeah. Uh, this one I think is where this show really turns. Yeah. This is JoJo and Orange Cassidy, which is just chef's kiss. Yeah. Magical. Right? Yeah. Great. It's 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 uh, JoJo, the character who hates stupid wrestling because <laughs> it's disrespectful to the form. <clears throat> really just hating the fuck out of Orange Cassidy in a yeah. way that I know a lot of people who are wrestling purists who really hate Orange Cassidy. And JoJo is like doing the proto version of those <laughs> smart mark fans here yeah. who hate him now. Uh, now that he's on television, a lot of people really hate him that I know on wrestling uh, boards that I see. But the beauty of Orange Cassidy is that this guy, who really can work, he's a phenomenal worker. But <laughs> probably, he, he's probably one of the best, like the best especially ever. on the indies at this point. Like, <laughs> uh, but but in general though, he's created this character where he doesn't really have to do all that much, and he's getting essentially two paydays. Isn't that what the old timers like? That, that was always my like. 
I thought it would be funny, right? I always thought it was funny. The old timers would bitch about guys like this. But they're literally doing the least amount possible and getting the most out of it. No like, shit. It is the old vet fucking credo is exactly what these guys are are pulling off here, you know. But he, in a, in a weird way, he's not doing much different. Like, no, he's just got no. a different attitude. Yeah, you know? he's just being upfront about it. Yeah, most 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 of the vets are just a b b a, <laughs> you know, kick punch punch kick. It's like you know they're just like, why are you going out there and killing yourself, brother? They have the they have the attitude that he enacts when he yeah. goes out there and plays his character. Yeah. So it's it's really brilliant, but also a great middle finger to those fucking old stodgy dickheads who constantly get after people who are more athletic than they are you know um but yeah this was a phenomenal fun match funny to look back on now yeah orange cassidy man isn't it wild yeah so this next match is is sort of sad for multiple reasons um this was supposed to go in a much not the match itself but the aftermath was supposed to go in a much different direction yeah so this is the start of us trying to pair Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks, extra talented, within our continuality, right? Our story. Um, continuality? Is that a word? Continuity. Continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continuing on that you continuity. Just, you just heard, yeah, you just heard this is... This is uh, That's my, my guardian angel yeah. telling me don't say shit like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But yeah, this this, this is a uh, Solo and Starks and Dasher Hatfield and then this is where Tempo lands when uh Keith gets pulled. Yeah. So it's now a four-way. Um Tempo goes up. I mean, the work's fine. The the chemistry between Tempo and Dasher was really good. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean Starks and Solo were Starks and Solo, but um I think it was Ricky, clear from this match that he had considerably cooled on us at this point. Yeah, it wasn't going to work, no. <laughs> you know. Uh, but it, well, it wasn't because of us. It wasn't because of anything. I mean, it was it was just because there were there were other options on the table for yeah. for Ricky. I mean, you know, Wrestle Circus was where he was kind of doing his thing, and Solo was over there too. And and I think that that they were more committed to doing this tag tag gimmick. But um, yeah, it, to me, it was just very obvious that Ricky wasn't happy with what was going on. Yeah. So th- this leads to a period where. Um, Ricky's no longer with Inspire for for a little bit. Yeah, it, unfortunate. There's there's a a break period, and you know we we communicate during it, but you know this is uh this is the the tag team's not going to happen in Inspire. Um, so at this point, there's there's a bit of a break. Yeah. Then we go into uh, Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston. Insane. Yeah. And this is uh yeah this is like just one of those weird fire pro, like, and, and like they're both on TV now like it's fuck Orange Cassidy Eddie Kingston Sammy Guevara Ricky Stark like we have the AEW fucking roster on this show guys yeah so um yeah they they just this is our workhorse match of the show right which is you know crazy to think about when we were putting this show together but yeah they just go out there and fucking kill it you know indie style um and it's a weird mix of styles too because you have eddie who's more the angry unemployed stepdad style (laughs) just like beating the pants off of people and then you have sammy who's more aerial and uh, lucha based and it's it's kind of like watching somebody just kind of bounce off a wall um it it really is a shame that Sammy never got a run in like Dragon Gate. 
you yeah. know? Because um, that really is his style. Yeah. He has that Lucha Libre Puro mix. I would, I would kill to see a match like Yoshino versus Sammy Guevara. Can you yeah. imagine... Like yeah. him against uh, you know Shima or something like that. Oh, my God. oh he would have. He would have. Oh. I mean, I guess Shima. I think is still like AEW affiliated. So maybe one day we'll get maybe. to see that. Yeah. But uh, I think Yoshino's retiring after this year. Did Richard? you hear that? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, man. All that. All that generation, man. One, working that one, fast. Easily the fastest guy I've ever seen in the mm-hmm. ring. If you've never seen him, shit. Look, even even Yamato versus Sammy would have been incredible. Uh, Yamato is still one of my favorite wrestlers yeah. of all time. Period. Um, anyway, this match as, like, as we as we gush over fucking fantasy Dragon Gate booking. Hey man, Dragon Gate USA was the thing that actually brought you and it, I together. It is. It, it, it's the connective tissue that yeah, Inspire was born from. Yeah, that we we actually we actually started hanging out because we were watching those. I was getting those eye pay per views, yeah. and this was like, hey brother, you mind if I slip in on that shit? And <laughs> you know, we'd sit around in, in my old apartment and watch that yeah. stuff. So yeah, Matt, match was great. So the idea here would be that Sammy would use his uh, after the match. Sammy would do his get the fuck out of my ring, and um, we wanted Eddie just to hit the back fist and basically knock him out cold. Good, good little moment. <clears throat> now, <laughs> keep in mind that like I'm basically on like you know death watch because it's raining, the attendance is horrible, and I'm miserable. And Eddie, Eddie goes, hey, man, why don't you just do it? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no. He's like, yeah, man, like, uh, split us up, and then you do something with Sammy. Like, you're going to be here next month. I'm not. Makes right? sense. That was the conversation. And it was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. You know? Um, so it, it, they get into a – Sammy does his get the fuck out of my ring, and they start to brawl. We break it up. Sammy slaps me in the back of the head. Double leg takedown, not a punch is thrown, which is impo- always important to me. You did the double leg takedown. I did the double. Yeah, I charge clarify. him. I charge him. I do a double leg takedown. Which the crowd the, it, goes nuts for. All 150 of them hey, go nuts. Yeah. Um, you, 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 okay, but hold on, man. The crowd that was there gave a shit. Yes. So yeah, that's the, important. Yeah. The number was extremely low. People, it's not like everybody yeah. was sitting there with their hands under their ass. No, no, absolutely not. So the moments that were there that we did create, I mean, the moments were good. The matches yeah. were good. It was just bad timing, yeah. bad weather. Um, once again, this is why we don't do Saturday shows. <laughs> and you must, you must, you know, you, you got to admit, man, I I did call it. I said this yeah. was going to turn out bad. And yeah. I was, say it, say it. Max, you were right. Max, you were right. There you go. God, we got that on on record. Yeah, it's like on yeah, recorded. happens all the time. I say <laughs> shit, and then it comes to pass. People don't people don't fucking listen, man. Nobody listens to Turtle. <laughs> anyway, so but, um, Palmer hated this. Palmer hated that I was involved in this. Um, but that that was the story behind it, and the moment was good. And by the next show, no one gives a fuck. You know. Biss and Sammy was always a conduit to do Sammy and somebody else. Yeah. It was always just a little parsley on top. Um, so it's always this. one that I get shit for, for like yeah. putting Put myself over. over. Yeah. I, I didn't particularly care for it. Yeah. Um, I really wanted Eddie to get it. I wanted Sammy to get his comeuppance um, because I, it, 
in a weird way, kind of shit on my booking at that point. My bad. Yeah. I was, <laughs> mad, I was actually mad about this. I think you... When you came up to the ring, you were mad. I was pissed. Yeah. Because at this point, it's like the whole idea is that Sammy says, get the fuck out of my ring and gets laid out each time, right? Yeah. By a different person. And this basically bucks the trend and fucks it all up. I put myself but, over. Yeah. I mean, but you were like in this like... I don't know, man. You, you you were having a bad time, and I felt like I had to, I had to give you this. Had to let me moment, put you know? put myself over. Yeah, dude. It's but it, it just it it fucked up something that I was building toward, and I was not happy. So, so bit you know, so we so we're now both unhappy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel better, Sammy's gonna like disappear on us here for a little bit oh, too. Know, so fuck. <laughs> anyway. So into the main event, which I have little recollection of, but watching back is an amazing match. Yeah, it's a it's a really good match. Um, um, people were on fire for this too. Yeah, I think it was at that point. It was almost like I think the the crowd was aware of its own size. Yeah, and that's what made this show in a weird way kind of magical. Okay. Yeah, I've been vocal about how I didn't really care for the um, for the venue. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the way it looked. I love the backstage component. It was like the only thing that really sold me on it. But then we have this show where the crowd is just pfft, fart noise, just not really there. But the people who are there, the people who are loyal, God bless them. But there's also this. This, this by the end of the show, I think everybody's kind of got this. We're in this together. Yeah. So the the crowd is really interactive with itself. You know, they're they're really interactive with the matches. So. The crowd kind of steps up, and and it's got this really kind of beautiful, intimate spirit to it, where I feel like we're doing this thing for this loyal few, and it it feels kind of nice, man. I mean, it was it was a bummer money wise, yeah. but we were like, this feels like a family moment. It, you know? it was kind of cool to you know look across that crowd, right. And like, just be like, man, these are our diehards. Yeah, you know, these are guys that are with us through thick and thin, right? So yeah, that was pretty cool. Absolutely. So there, there's a bit of a silver lining where this was not a good night for us, but you know, that's family, right? Yeah. So anyway, this this match is the uh, the Orinian Portal, which is Ophidian and Steve Arino versus the Colony, and uh, man. Steve-O keeps, keeps up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he... And that he, says a lot. He's the non Chikara guy, right? But he's and right Chikara in there. Mix, yeah. You know, and he's keeping up the whole time. Uh, I believe Steve-O looks in phenomenal shape here as well. Yeah. Uh, he looks great here, yeah. but he is just... He's on fire. Yeah. Um, and that's... Um, you got to give Steve-O credit. Um, like, from this, this point on, there's not... There's not a time where he's not in great shape. No. Right? Like, he... This is... Uh, he starts taking it extremely seriously and is always on the top of his game. Right. But anyway, this is uh, this is this the show was what it was. I think I don't know why we never did it again. It was it was also Halloween, wasn't it? No. It, there was a it was close to Halloween. Close to Halloween, but it was not Halloween. Yeah, so th- you know what? I will never yeah, so, good point. On Halloween, never, never, never. But there was also there was like weird Halloween party type shit going on. It too. was it was a it was the twenty ninth of October. Yeah. So Halloween was a that's yeah that's a yeah. huge part of it because you know people are dopes and they can't just do shit on Halloween proper. 
Everybody's got to get their sexy maid outfit on for the weekend or whatever. Yep. So yeah, that was another thing, man. It that really that really carved into us that all the Halloween parties, yep. all the Halloween events, people's trick or treating. You know, just uh, it it did it did wound us. So, so um, a few backstories. The the first is you know Ophidian. We weren't sure if we could get him in. We finally did. So he had all sorts of flight issues. Yeah. So he was ornery as fuck. Oh, he was shit. Remember? I remember he was he not bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so he just assumed that Stroud was going to fuck him. Yeah. You know, um, and then he, I think once he realized Stroud wasn't involved, he chilled out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then there were issues with his flight back. Um, so. I felt extremely bad, badly that his experience was so rough. Yeah. I know that he was happy with the match, though. Yes. Yeah, I think the match and then realizing, you know, certain people weren't involved with the company. Um, so some things to talk about. Bryce Rensburg wasn't involved in this trip, which no. was the glue that, like, held all that stuff together. Yeah, that was hard. Um, a lot harder than we thought it would be without Bryce. So, um, and then we also, we went out to 6th Street, you know, Halloween, just jam-packed, right? And uh, Eddie bought me drinks because it was it was going rough, right? And I don't think I had money to buy drinks. I think he was like, "Yeah, man, I'll take you guys out, but I'm just I'm just driving you. Like I can't afford a drink." And he was like, "Oh, I got you covered." And so, um, Eddie's the best. Yeah, that was cool too. Yeah. But then I the next morning I took Eddie to get barbecue, and like as we're eating barbecue, I'm having to be like on the phone with like fucking the shittiest airlines. Like it's the la- like I used Frontier. I'm embarrassed to even fucking say that on record. <laughs> <clears throat> but like I'm hit, having like call Frontier and be like, because they're hassling fucking the guys, and that was where I was like, I will never fucking use this again. If you are a wrestler, like just don't accept a Frontier flight. Like I, I'm saying that as a promoter that fucking bought one because it was our only option. But like, yeah, just just do not fucking don't don't accept it. Frontier Spirit, all that discount shit fuck no like it's not worth your time if you're a promoter don't fucking buy those flights like it's not worth your time it's not worth the hassle yeah um and yeah yeah so this was you know for us um i think it was six flights and uh you know then the crowd wasn't there to to reimburse so this was literally we're starting to look at well fuck how much longer can we do this at this point yeah this was this was rough yeah this was rough it was a dark time. I think we have some time for some questions. Okay. Um, so I've got a few. Not from me, but given to me. Let me pull them up. So, one of the first ones we've already gotten into, and that was, you know, why we left um, the Red Oak Ballroom. <sighs> which, um, you know, the bar... The rent, the moving targets, um, the bad, the, bad, the the prejudice against what we did, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Once we got, once the guy that liked wrestling was gone, that was, and it. there was nobody in our yeah. corner. Yeah, like there was nothing else. And we'll talk about that more on the next episode because that is that that will be the Super Fantasy Force episode, mm-hmm. and that is that was our last show at the Red Oak Ballroom. Um, <laughs> I can't really say that anybody was upset that we left that space. I got a lot of positive feedback when we did. Um, but yeah. So the, the other question was, you know, 
Portia Perez came down the one time. Why did we not use her more going forward? Uh, unfortunately, she retired shortly after the time that we used her. She, yes. uh, I believe it was a neck injury she sustained. She was really a joy to work with. So if we could have had her back in some capacity, we definitely would have. Yeah. I think I think that I think that overall that experience for both of us on both sides was supremely positive. Too. Yeah, it was. Um, it was also late in her career, and she was living in um, Canada. So, and she was well past the days of drive down to Chicago and fly out or any of that type of stuff, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we had to plan that out, and if we. If we could have gotten her in, she was already talking about retirement when she worked for us. So yeah. um, it wasn't, you know, but shortly after that, she did officially retire. So the other question I had was the um, the Tempo versus Keith Lee match. What was the idea behind that? And um, what did we see in Tempo that made us elevate him to that level? <clears throat> I think... Tempo is interesting because he's a Rudy Boy Gonzalez guy. Yep. And Rudy really encourages people, I think, to dial it back. To work a certain style that's a little bit more uh, reserved. Rudy's one of those uh, old, old, old school guys who, who doesn't think that... I don't know. How would you put it? Well, he, he doesn't see the importance of the indies. No. Like you're just you're just practicing for a TV job, yeah. So he his guys it tends to there's not as much passion. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, I'm gonna go with it. There's not as much passion or energy into what they're doing on the indies because it's just play rehearsal for the TV job. Absolutely. And not everybody gets the TV job. Yeah, I you know so you know. For me, though, what I loved about Tempo was that he was a guy who I could see he would come in and he'd want to keep it very, very mild. But once he connected with the crowd, he just came alive and he really yeah. put it all out there, man. He, he was on fire. Um, and I think that's the main reason why we continued to use him in the capacity that we did. We really felt like he connected with the audience. The audience loved him. Um, he was a great athlete. He was a great wrestler. Uh, he was game to do a lot of different stuff. And I think looking at his arcs like that come later, yeah, you know, he he does some really compelling story stuff. He helps elevate a lot of people in the year to come. Beyond that, um, as for Keith and him, the, uh, the match that they had was uh, simply just to kind of show that even though he was essentially in that, you know, in that crew that he could he could still vie for the championship. Competition comes from all sides, not just not just the outside. And that was really important to kind of I wanted to a lot of what we did was history building, world building. Yeah. Building history is really important. You know, down the road, if we wanted to revisit Keith and Tempo, that was a really important moment to just have to build off of down the road. And, and there's juice to it. So, yeah, like creatively, we're kind of giving a rub to the belt here, right? But then also, you know... Um, it was from, a match everybody wanted to see as well, I from, think. From the wrestling side of things, too, we're also telling the crowd that Tempo's at that level, you know? By putting them in the ring together and Tempo hanging with Keith, uh, Tempo's now 
a viable main eventer, you know? And it's just a little bit easier to boost him up to that spot when we need to, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. So here we go. Since the Texas loop is kind of working together, will there be attempts to bring in other Japanese talent? Um, I love the excursion process. So, uh, we always, I, I myself always kind of push for any of those guys that are over, um, to bring in a Japanese proper talent. Um, never say never. It would take a lot. You'd have to have uh, multiple promotions working together. I think that one thing that's really important to note is that if you know someone is here on excursion, it generally means that that person is one day going to be somebody that you will be very familiar with. Yeah. Uh, I think Evil is a good example. A lot of the time, uh, from what I've heard, the office over there will send Japanese guys over here to show them how truly bad it can be. <laughs> it's like a way to humble guys and go like, look, motherfucker, yeah. keep your P's and Q's straight, because if you don't, go back to the Q-Lag. <laughs> Something like that, you know? I mean, like, that's at least what I've taken away from it. Yeah. Um, but it is typically the guys that are going to be meant for something big who come over here on excursions. So, like, if you see a guy that you don't necessarily recognize or have seen, you know, on a lower card in, in Japan, it's always worth going to see them. Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing that sticks out to me is I watched Yamato and Shingo have a fucking, like, damn near five-star match in a, like, Mexican um, taqueria slash bar oh, yeah. in downtown San Antonio in front of, like, 35 people, you know, um... And then, you know, Yamato and BB Hulk. And then seeing uh, when Tozawa came in, no one knew who Tozawa was. He was a young boy from Dragon Gate. And that, I mean, look at him now, you know, um, to pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, you know, Renarita is the New Japan young lion that's over here now or was over here. We, we did look into that, actually. But if you look at the last show we ran, that was going to be hard to, to sneak somebody on like that so it's something that we'll we'll always look at if the um, opportunity is there we will take it but it's you, really a time and a place yeah. kind of I'm, thing i'm gonna brag on another one like we actually had talks about shun skywalker when he yeah. was in mexico but obviously the pandemic stopped that from happening and now he's the fucking champ of dragon gate so it's stuff that we definitely look at when when those guys are over here we're definitely putting out feelers and, and looking into that stuff yeah, absolutely. And there are people that I'm dying to work with. I think I've talked to uh, to Biz quite a bit about uh, Sekla, who is an ice yeah. ribbon worker. She's, of course, uh, she's not she's not Japanese, but, of course, I think she's doing some of her best work over there. Yeah. And I would love to do something with her if we could find some way to get a bunch of other companies to participate. That would be something that I'd be really, uh, really excited to do. Yeah, def definitely we keep our eye on, you know, the, the talent that's going over there for tours and how they're doing, you know, it's definitely stuff that piques our interest. <clears throat> so this has kind of been clarified, but I'll ask the question anyway. Um, oh, joy. Will the title reflect reset also affect the lawless darkness rules uh, with Dimitri or will he be able to keep his prize? So it does, it does affect the lawless darkness as well. Yeah. And um, it will be getting, proper belt treatment yeah that's one thing that will be different we're honestly in the process of making it a title we're, we're in the early stages of designing the title the belt has been reset since it is a belt now we're treating it as a belt dimitri has been uh, has been uh, has, 
I don't want to say stripped, but it has been reset. Yeah. So when the belt does come back, it will be a title that you have, and you can basically just use it to flaunt the rules as usual. But I think it's going to be interesting because it is open to uh, title ranking contendership. So it'll be interesting to see where that belt is at in a few years. So, yeah, very exciting. So this one's kind of fun. Will Paige Turner return at any point and be properly booked or has too much damage been done? I think there's an answer somewhere in between there, right? Um, I think that if, number one, I'm not sure if she's actively wrestling. Me neither. Which number is kind of a red flag, right? Yeah, that, uh, but you know what? Like I, I am guilty of not necessarily paying attention to a lot of what's going on up in that area. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen her on any flyers or posters. Um, yeah. But also, I feel like that that gimmick is something that would maybe need to be altered, like or tweaked. Yeah. When you look at what what happened, I mean, there's hasn't that already kind of been done in AEW? Yeah. At, on a kind larger of, scale, right? Yeah. So yeah. I feel I feel like that if she came back, it would have to be retooled. It, it um, you know, I'm gonna give Alabama some credit here. When Alabama's gimmick was basically not stolen, but when it was on TV and the the lady that's doing it on TV, I can't think of her name. She was doing a flapper gimmick, right? No, no. The, originally, it was like a, a Southern Belle type thing. Oh, you're and right. And somebody started yeah. doing the, the Southern Belle uh, gimmick on TV. Yeah. That's where she transitioned to the flapper gimmick. Yes. yes and, yes, she, yes. you know, she made that hers. So I think you kind of have to do that. It doesn't matter who got there first. If it's on TV... It's going to be associated. You got to move on. You're going to look second rank. Just yeah, fucking go with it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what she's doing these days, but uh, you know, hey, Paige, get in touch. You know, yeah, I don't know. yeah. And, um, if she was making waves and and somebody that was actively wrestling and there was talent and value added there, absolutely, we would give it another try. I'm just not sure if that's actually the case. Doors doors rarely close for good on any situation. I also think that. I look at stuff like that and go, hey, this is kind of an interesting challenge. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, so this question I'm not going to go all the way into because they have a whole list of names. But uh, the the schools that have popped up and the talent that they're generating, is there any interest? Absolutely. Right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you which students I'm looking at because that's going to kind of ruin it. But there's always, definitely some super talented people We're always out there. looking. I mean, that's where we found T-Ray. Yeah. So... Yeah, when when we come back, there's going to be a whole year, maybe year and a half, hopefully not two years of fucking time that these guys have been out there yeah. honing their craft. And yeah, you bet your ass we're looking at the ones and, and what they're doing. Yeah, I, you know, we're, when we come back, it's still going to be the same the same uh, process of building and creating and making new people that you're familiar with and that you fall in love with. Uh, we are still going to be very much the same story based company that we have been in the past and i'm looking forward to seeing who uh, who's up and coming man yeah. new 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 ingredients at the store to cook with new uh you know new shiny toys man yeah so, absolutely there's some anyway, really talented guys out there that's all, we got, that's all we got for today guys uh and again if you guys have questions out there please send them our way we don't get nearly enough questions and we'd love to interact more with y'all but we will be back next week with Super Fantasy Force 
the final chapter in the Red Oak Ballroom saga. <laughs> I don't even know what to expect. I haven't thought about that show in a while, but, but we'll be back here for it. Uh, we hope you are too.